0: This is chapter number twenty-one, Abraham finally becomes what he has desired to be, and that is a parent. He wants to be a parent. God has given him an inheritance, and he's an old man, but what's good's an inheritance, if you're an old man, you don't have anybody to leave it to. He's given him a bunch of promises, but what good are the promises if there's no one to receive them? And so he has struggled over this thing of having a son, as God has promised him that he would, and he clings to that promise. And finally, 25 years later, uh, he becomes that proud father, that daddy that he has always wanted to be. And uh, so I want us to notice, as of course, if you become a father, a real daddy, and I mean one that included Sarah, uh, then, of course, there has to be a birth somewhere. Somebody has to be born. And that's what we read in this text. Look in verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children such? For I I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Now, I want us to go to the New Testament so we can understand the application here, Galatians chapter number 4, chapter number 3, and we'll read verse 6 through 9, verse 14, and verse 29 of chapter 3. The Bible said, even as Abraham, verse 6 of chapter 3 of the book of Galatians, even as Abraham believed God, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. You remember the little song, I've tried to remember the words to that, but it's that Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. And it goes on to say that I am one of those sons. The little children in Sunday school were being taught the lesson that we are children of Abraham and of the promise and of righteousness through the same faith that Abraham expressed in God, that you and I expressed in Christ, and this is what the verse says, the same, if you have this faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Abraham's got a son. Now he's got many sons. And uh, look at verse number, uh, verse number 9. So then they which be of the faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham down in verse number 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's... What? Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Now let's look in chapter number 4. I think that lays the foundation to let us know that even as Isaac was a son of Abraham, if you are in Christ, you also are children of Abraham by faith in Christ. Now look in Genesis uh, or Galatians 4, verse 22. For as it is written that Abraham had two sons. Now that presents a problem. One of them we preached on last night, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. That he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. That he of the free woman was by the promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, that genereth a genereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, which answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, is in his, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem is above, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Look in verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. I want to preach tonight on this subject for a few moments, the only birth that counts. And we've noticed in these scriptures that there is more uh, than one birth. The birth that we preached on last night was the birth of Ishmael contrived by Sarah and Abraham involving Hagar, the Egyptian handmaid, and God never would accept that. But he had given a promise and continued to confirm that promise that there would be a child born to Abraham and to Sarah. And all the promises And all the blessings of God would be in this birth or the birth of Isaac. And there would be no promises nor blessings in the other birth or births that may occur. I want to say to you tonight that as it was in Abraham's day, so it is in our day. There is only one birth that really counts with God. Woe be to those that are only born of the flesh. They have been born physically in this world. And if this is the only birth that they ever have, they would be better off had they never been born. Because there is no merit in the physical. It is only in the spiritual realm of faith that God recognizes a birth. And again, this is the birth and this is the only birth that God recognizes. None other will he accept. The only birth that counts. I want us to look at three or four things about this birth that takes place As Isaac is born into Abraham and Sarah's family, the only birth that counts. I want you to notice with me first of all what I call the exactness of this birth. How exact this birth is. I see this in verse 2, verse 3, and and verse number 8. Verse number 2, the Bible said, For Sarah conceived and bear Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken. Now we see here that there is a son that is born. And God had told Abraham, you are going to have a son. And so Abraham has exactly what God told him he would have. He has a son. At the time in which God has ordained, exactly at that time, a son is brought into this world as God promised. If you'll notice in verse number 8, the son is called a child, and the child grew. Galatians refers to Isaac as a child. That word child means a, a product, of the vine, a a fruitful product coming from the main source. And so Isaac, as God promises, gives unto Abraham and unto Sarah to both them a child that is a product of the union of Abraham and of Sarah. I'm talking about an exact birth because the birth of Ishmael was not an exact birth. It was a birth of, from Abraham's loins, but that birth had nothing to do with Sarah and God never promised that there would be any step youngins in this matter. But he said the promise is going to go unto the son that is born exactly the way that I have determined this birth should be. And the exactness is that this child will come from both of you. It will come from Abraham and from Sarah together. No other birth is going to count. It's all struck out. Any later children or any earlier children won't work. It has to be Abraham and it has to be Sarah. So there is a son born, there is a child born, then as God told them in verse number two, they they gave, or verse number three, they gave this child a name as God said, when this boy is born, I want you to name him Isaac, which means laughter. So everything about this birth is exactly the way God said the first time that he said to Abraham, you're going to have a son. Everything about it is, is complete there is nothing more to add to it or nothing needs to be taken away from it it is it is the totality of what God said you've got a child Abraham and Sarah the fruit of your womb as I said you've got a son and of course the son speaks of the prominence and the position of this child that is born He's going to be heir of all things that I have given you. And he is Isaac. This and he alone, no other son would ever could ever do. Only Isaac and Isaac alone will be the promised seed. So you see, there's no room for error. There's no room for play. There's no room for suggestion. There's no room for input. When this boy is born, he is born in the exactness of how God would have him to be born. Isaac is not a figment of Sarah's imagination. He's not a fantasy, a fabrication, nor an illusion. He is exactly what God has ordered and finally, just as God said, here we see exactly what God has ordered. Now, almost every set of parents wants children, I suppose. And when Esther and I got married, certainly we wanted children. But children were only in our dreams and in our minds and in our hopes. Uh, we didn't have to stay up at night pretending that there's a baby in the crib and he's crying. No, we slept through the night and we didn't have to worry about that. But there came the day when our first child, Joanna, was born. And then another child, Stephen, was born. Then another child, Lydia, was born. And then another child, Paul, was born, and that's all. We had four children, and that's all we wanted. Because I heard that there's a statistic out that every fifth child born in this world was Chinese. And I didn't want no Chinese. So. <laughs> but they were not make-believe. They became reality. The first child got home and at night you heard the whimpers and the cryings and, and of course the mother gets up and goes to the child and every so many hours feeds the child and does all the things that are involved in a child being born into this world because they became a reality. Brought about as nature would bring children about. And so it is with Isaac, Abraham and Sarah for for almost a hundred years, and Sarah for almost uh, 90 years has, has longed for the night that she could hear a baby cry in the crib. But not just any baby cry in the crib, but a baby cry in the crib that God had ordained to cry in the crib. This baby would not be a stepchild. This baby would not be a miscarriage. This baby would not be a mistake. But this baby would be exactly as God would bring this baby into this world to receive the promises. Exactly so. There is an exactness about God's children. There are ways in which God brings his children into this world. And I'm afraid that our churches are filled with stepchildren. And we are satisfied with the Ishmael. But honey, I'm going to tell you, you must be born of the Spirit with life from above. Born into God's family divine not a bunch of renegades, but those that are born as exact as God would have us be born into this world. There is an exactness about this birth as God brought him in. You understand what I'm saying tonight? This thing of the new birth and being a part of the family of God And of the faith of Abraham has an exactness about it, a precision about it. that, by the way, only God can bring to pass. No one else is going to be able to bring an Isaac into this world, but God can bring an Isaac into this world. And no one else can bring uh, out of a sinner lost and doomed and headed for hell, no one else can bring out of them a saint that is saved and washed in the blood and headed for heaven, but God can in his exactness. Where you're from, the circumstances and situations surrounding your conversion, they all differ. But I say to you, the, the way that God saves is always the same. He saves through the blood. He saves through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. He saves by faith and through grace. There is an exactness about that that does not vary. This child is going to be the child. Exactly. And full and complete. Complete. Nothing to be added to nor taken away. Just the way God would have it. And so it is with every believer that is born into Christ. He is born into Christ complete in Christ. Complete in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away. God's birth are Complete. Thank God. Complete. Here is the boy at last. He is final. He is complete. He is not a freak of nature. The exactness of this birth. You know, the second thing I want you to notice with me is what I notice as the expressions of this birth. When Isaac is born, he expresses some things. It, this is just not the everyday run of the mill kid running through the neighborhood. But when you look at Isaac, it, there, is, there is an expression that comes from the fact that he has been born. Look in verse number 1 again. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Isaac is not an accident, but Isaac is an expression of the direct will of the Father. God has ordained that he be born into this world, that the promises of God might continue in this world. James chapter 1 and verse 18 said, Of his own will, talking about God, begat he us by the word of truth. We should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. God has willed it to be so. I'm glad that though God has angels, he has created angels, and uh, God has created all of mankind and all of nature, he wasn't satisfied with that. But in the midst of all of God's creation, God desired to have family members. And the only way to have family members is you must be born into that family. And so we are born into the family of God. We become new creatures. We're not angels and we're not men, but we are new creatures in Christ Jesus and we take on the nature of God, as God has willed that he might have a family, God of God, a part of God, God dwelling in us. He's willed that to be so. That's his, that's, he is the expression of the Father's will, not an accident. He is an expression of the Father's word. It is the word that spoke Isaac into existence. Verse Peter 1 verse 23 said, Being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. I stand before you tonight in faith because the word of God spoke me into spiritual existence. This is the only birth that counts. A birth that that God's Word has exploded in, and His nature has taken over. And uh, there is this this Word of God that lives and abides within you. It is the Father's Word that is expressed in us. No wonder as children of God, we, we draw toward the Word of God, and we love the Word of God. It's because we are born of the Word of God. And everything that Isaac is, he is because the Word of God made him so. And all that we are tonight in Christ, we are because the Word of the living God made us so. This Word is in us. It is the expression of the Father's will and the expression of the Father's Word. And in its, it's an expression of the father's wonder or his power. Look in verse number 2 again. The Bible said, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. Now Abraham is nigh 100 and Sarah is uh, 90 when this child is born. Now that is an amazing thing. Biologically it would be impossible but nothing is impossible with God And you see it would be impossible that any one of us could ever get to heaven it would be impossible that any one of us could ever keep the righteous laws of God that we might merit or be worthy of heaven and so therefore God has to do that which is impossible as far as man is concerned. And that means he must make us righteous so then he can welcome us in heaven. And the only way to do that is through Christ. It's amazing how the Lord can do that wondrous work. How he can take a sinner that is such a stranger and a sojourner and so foreign to the things of God. And then he can save him and place his nature in him and he begins to love the things of God. I was thinking today Brother Hart was telling me uh, yesterday, I believe it was about a woman that he had run into around this area from West Virginia, and he asked her if she knew any Williamses down there, and she said yes now, i I still don't know who the lady might have been and come to find out that that she knew my family, but her remark to him, if I remember was is that the people in the community were always afraid to pass by our house. As you didn't know what was gonna happen. And that's the truth. I can remember as a child, you see, my mother left when I was a year and a half old and that left all us young there. me being the youngest with a dad that drank heavily. And uh we had no instruction in the home and so even the kids raised in the worst of situations were not allowed at my house because they just didn't know what would happen. While they were there? By the time that I was uh, 14, 15 years old, I'd never read one verse of the Bible. I didn't know anything about church, anything about God, none of that. I had been, I had been uh, influenced and trained in all of the wickedness and sinfulness that would come with drunkenness and bar rooms and beer joints as my dad uh, owned some of those. I didn't know any of the songs of Zion and even any of the people of God. But isn't it amazing, after hearing the gospel only three times, walking down a little alley there in uh, West uh, 46th Street, between West 46th and West 45th, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, came to me and spoke to me just as real and vivid as I'm speaking to you right now. Spoke to my heart. He said to me, you know where you're going when you're dying. I said, Lord, I talked to him like I'm talking to you. I said, Lord, I'd go to hell, man. I mean, that was the first I'd heard it, but a conviction hadn't hit me, but it hit me there. Nobody else around. And I said, Lord, I'd go to hell. And he said, you know what you need to do? You know my son died for you. I said, Lord, I know, I know Jesus died for me. And he said, well, what are you going to do about it? And I thought you had to get saved in some religious place. And I said, well, Lord, If you'll let me live the next Sunday, I'll go to church and get saved. And he said, well, if it's all the same to you, I'll just go ahead and save you right here. And he did. And that's been 32 years ago. And automatically, amazingly, wondrously, I began to devour the Word of God. I was a word hog step all hours of the night and read the Bible through and through and through and through. And the songs of Zion, I couldn't get over, brother. I'd take those songbooks home and I'd begin to memorize. Oh, amazing grace. How it thrilled my heart to sing that song. I loved it. And I hadn't got over that. It still thrills my soul because it's a part of my nature now. I got a divine nature. Yes, yes, yes. That which would have been impossible through any fashion or form of rehabilitation, yes, yes. turning over new leaves or anything like that. I was as certain for hell as if I was born, except God performed the miracle. Yes, yes. My aunt heard about it. She didn't know she didn't hear I don't guess she heard about salvation. She didn't know what that was all about, Reggie. Really. She heard I was doing pretty good a year or two after that and she called my brother and asked me if he could do something with her son. (laughs) He said, I ain't done nothing. The Lord did. But isn't that so in all of our lives? It is a birth that is so wondrous because God intervenes in my life. You think a fertility pill is going to help Sarah? At 90 years old, forget it! (laughs) it's going to take more than that it's going to take a miracle and the only birth that really counts in this world is a birth that comes as a result of a divine miracle Uh in our lives an expression of the wonder and amazement of God a testimony to his glory that we could be born under such circumstances what a birth This is, but it's the only birth. But you know, I notice in verse number 8, there is there is what I, I call the evidence of this birth. Not only the exactness and the expression of it, but notice the evidence of this birth. The Bible said, And the child grew and was weaned. I like those two words. Grew and was weaned. That word grew, grew there. I began to search that thing, and I found it's all through the Bible, but uh, in many places uh, it is it is translated magnified, magnified. Throughout the Bible uh, the, it is used as the word magnified, grew is magnified. The word means simply to take something in its earliest form and to magnify it until it becomes bigger. It has the same ideas that in your earliest form you were an embryo. That's what you were. (laughs) In your first beginnings you were an embryo. But we all got magnified. See? See? All you're looking at is an embryo. I thought out was one of them one single cell. <laughs> and now I'm billions and billions and billions and two or three billions over what I'm supposed to be, I guess, of cells. But is there any doubt in your mind tonight that I was born at some time? <laughs> Check me out. I mean, it's the real thing. I was born. A lot of things you may question when I was born. You may question who I was born of. But you can't question that I've been born because it has been magnified over the years. I started out, I'll tell you, just as in my mother's womb and then born as a little baby, six or seven pounds and then three or four or five pounds and then 50 pounds and then a 100 pounds and 150 pounds and then the rest of it's none of your business. But I just kept pounding. But what's happening was I've been magnified and it is proof that I have been born. The thing about Isaac is, if people in the area don't believe that she could have a baby at this age, just go by and look at him. The Bible said he grew. He began to be magnified. Boy, I'm going to tell you, when I was saved, had all of that training and influence of my past, but I'm glad that God began to magnify the inner man, the new birth, that seed of faith that was on the inside, the Word of God that was alive. God began to magnify it, and it began to grow and grow and grow. And thereby we know that we are born in the Spirit of God, because there's activity that takes place in the child of God. As we do grow, grows in those stages as he is weaned as he is as he is being uh not only magnified but being mothered from stage to stage, and it just just little old looking little isaac there was a day when they could talk about him oh listen god said we're going to have an isaac i kindly doubt it i don't know i hope so but there's no doubt about it now watch him run and play Watch him grow and watch him develop and watch him as he moves from one stage to another in his life. Isaac is real and he is a reality and it is very evident that he is in existence. You know, I have problems with folks who say that they have been born of the Spirit of God but yet they don't enjoy the things of God. I have problems with people who you have to operate their religion for them. It's kind of like Pinocchio. As long as you got the strings, you can keep Pinocchio going. Come on, Pinocchio, let's go to church. And he go to church with you. Oh, isn't it wonderful to see Pinocchio here? Yeah, it's a good to see him here, but welcome he's here. You Pinocchio'd him there. Huh? Alright, come on, Pinocchio. Stand up, everybody. Let's get down and pray, Pinocchio. Well, you can, isn't it wonderful Pinocchio's praying? <laughs> yeah, he's praying, but you got him down there with your strength. Boy, there's a lot of folks like that. Preachers always trying to Pinocchio them. Come on, folks, tithe. Come on, folks, live right. Come on, folks, attend church. Come on, folks, come to revival. Come on, come on, come Crack the spring. If they won't move, let them lay there. They're Pinocchio anyhow. And Pinocchio's don't go to heaven. Hmm? You know the story of Pinocchio. Then one day he got life on the inside, and the old man didn't have Pinocchio anymore. He just lived. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you've always got to be pulled, and you've always got to be pushed, and you've always got to be pumped, and you've always got to be primed to live right, do right, serve God, and all these other things, I'm just convinced you ain't got nothing it anyhow. It's hard to get a lifeless body to do anything. But there is evidence that this boy is. I hate to buy things that have to have batteries, don't you? But if they're mechanical things made by man, they got to have something to make them run, or they won't run at all. You got to put something in them to make them run. That's the way a lot of church members are. You got to put something in them, get them to give them a run. They won't run. They'll stop on you dead. <laughs> but I like them saints that are truly born of God. And they got it written, you can see it on them. No batteries needed. Oh, they're not perfect in and of themselves. But, honey, they got something on the inside that's going to keep them going for God. I heard a preacher talking about driving out west, and he said he'd come up on this, what looked to be a man pumping water out there. And he said the closer he got to it, he could to kind of tell, make out that it wasn't a real man, but it was a, a figure of a man cut out with hinges on the arm and everything and moving a pump. Got out of his car and walked up there, and he said he realized that what it was, it was an artesian well. And the man wasn't pumping the water. The water was pumping the man. It was coming from the inside. Now, honey, I'm here to tell you that I got something 32 years ago that I'm not pumping tonight. I'm not trying to fan it and keep it going. God gave me life, living seed, and breath. You don't have to worry about Isaac after he gets here. He's gonna live on. He's I tell you, he's gonna be hungry. You, you watch he'll be running through here in a minute. He's alive, thank God. For every saint that is alive in Christ Jesus. <laughs> I tell you, in the last several years I've been interested in as much one thing as I am another one. I'm interested in this miracle of old sinners being translated into the kingdom of God, being changed by the power of God, a new birth. I'm interested in it. But I'm also interested in seeing if I can kick out a few of them Pinocchio. Cut the strings and see if it'll last. I'm interested in many too. Or oh, do you want to wait until judgment day and come dragging all your Pinocchio young and in? They won't be welcome because they don't have life. And Jesus is the life. No, listen. Boy, it's so hard to do that. I preach all over this country where I find preachers that are Pinocchio in their churches. They're trying their best to keep them going. And my advice to them is just cut the strings and see if you'll float. If she won't float, it ain't a God how You believe that? I do. I sure do. I'd soon rather a man in this world find out he's lost and he's eternally lost than I would him Pinocchio his way into hell. Watch out, Isaac. Come on through here. Look at Isaac. Abraham, get Isaac. Isaac, get out of there, Isaac! He's alive. He's got life on the inside. No, all the saints are not perfect, but they got life. Owen oh, God. It's an evidence. It's the only birth that counts. But then can I say to you last minute concerning this birth of Isaac. This birth of Isaac is not only a birth that is of expression and exactness and evidence, but this birth of Isaac is is an exclusive birth. Well, this is cold and chilling when you read these verses down through here. Look in verse number nine. Well, verse number eight. Child grew, was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. <laughs> what do you think they were talking about at that feast? Isaac means laughter. Sarah then said, <laughs> man, who would have thought that I, as an old woman, could have a young? they're talking about at this feast. I'll assure you at that feast they're praising God because God brought a young man into their life. God did this. There's no doubt in their mind God has done this. They're singing no doubt and praising God. There's little Isaac. God, God did this. God, did it. God, God did, it. did it. But notice in verse number 9. Pharaoh saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian which he had born unto Abraham, mocking. He's mocking. You know why he's mocking? They're having a good time because Isaac is born of faith and Ishmael's not born of faith and so therefore he is an enemy of the faith. And he stands on the sideline and he laughs. That word mocking them means laugh. He's laughing at their laughter. They're laughing because they're in joy, praising God. Oh, God has given us a son by faith. He's over on the side laughing at them because they're laughing in joy. Mocking, the Bible says. Look in verse number 10. Wherefore she said unto Abraham Go out there and see if you can talk to Ishmael and make things better between him and Isaac. If they could just get along, it'd be wonderful. Did you read that in there? (laughs) Call Isaac in here, honey, and let's pray with him. I mean, Ishmael, let's pray with him and see if we can straighten things. No. Wherefore she said unto Abram, Abraham, cast out the bondwoman and her son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. There is no claim laid on this boy to ever have any part of the promise and of the inheritance. The only claim is upon the child of faith. Heaven lays claim in this world. Listen to me. Heaven lays claim, but heaven coldly rejects and excludes the Ishmael. But it lays claim upon the Isaac. It lays claim upon faith. Several years ago, I read in the newspaper where there were some... Uh, athletes going to play football in the high school in one of the states, can't remember which one it was, but anyway, there had some cheerleaders on them. There were two girls that looked a whole lot. Um, they said amazingly, just enough to be twins almost as far as teachers. And the bus had a wreck, and there were several of the students who were killed, and one of those girls was killed. And the family took her out and buried her. And the other girl that looked so much like her was in the hospital in the coma. And the other family was there by their daughter's bedside, waiting for her and praying that she would come too. And after a few days, she did come too. And her mother looked over her and called her name. And she looked up at the lady and she said, That's not my name. And she told her her name. And because she was so badly bruised and mangled, they had mistaken the two. And the family that had thought they had buried their daughter, their daughter was in the hospital. And the family who thought that their daughter was in the hospital had already had their daughter buried. But the woman sitting in the hospital was laying claim on this young lady. But when the young lady came to, she would not lay claim on that woman. When I thought about that, I thought about Jesus when he said, Many shall come unto me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, and he will say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. You're laying claim on me, but I don't have a claim on you. The claims of God are laid upon those who have been born of faith and have been born of the Word of God and born of the Spirit of God. That's the only place you're going to find his claims. Only those who have been born of God will inherit the promises. And she said, "Get him out." And then Paul came along in the book of Galatians, and he said, not. and he quoted what had been said right here. I was out in uh, Alabama in a revival meeting. I was at the preacher's in his uh, uh, kitchen there at the table and. And doing some studying. I heard a knock at the door and the preacher went and opened the door. And then I began to listen a little bit to the conversation and I knew who it was. It was some of those uh, so called JW Jehovah's Witnesses and I was thinking, oh Lord, I hope they go on down the road. I don't have time for that. Well, the preacher, knowing that I was there, figured this would be a great opportunity. So he invites them in. Brings them in where I'm sitting there trying to study. And so we began to talk, and I just kind of let him rattle on. And finally, after a while, I began to talk to him, and I asked him a few questions. And I said, well, uh, I want to ask you something. Are you going to heaven? Oh, no. He said, I'm not going to heaven. He said, see, there's three levels to this thing. And he said... Uh, you have to attain to the third level, and if you get to the third level, then you are adopted. You become a son of God, and then you'll be able to go to heaven. So I decided I'd just reach over and shake hands with him and tell him that uh, he needed to meet somebody. Already meet, if that was it, I'd already reached the third level. Evidently, because I've been adopted, and I'm part of the family, and I know that I'm going to heaven. But as I began to talk to him about what I know was salvation, he explained to me that salvation was, you had to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that always takes six months, every time. He wouldn't even agree that the thief on the cross made it to heaven. He said, no, it takes at least six months. And you've got to become a Jehovah's Witness, and you've got to be baptized, and then you've got to go out and witness. And then there was one other thing that he had uh, attached to that. But I said to him, I said, the difference between me and you is if, I stood be- if you stood before God, you would say, Lord, I am a Jehovah's Witness. I have been baptized and all these other things. But I said, if I stood before God, I would say, in my hand, no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Oh, Lamb of God, I come, I come. You see, and I, I love to say this, and, and I believe it so, Heaven is going to be only. Now, I get this. Heaven is only for kinfolk. Did you know that? Yeah. If you ain't 100% kinfolk, you can't go to heaven. That's why I say tonight. This is the only birth that counts because it's the only birth that's gonna get you in. And Isaac, he's not half. He is a full child of Christ. Messiah, let's face it, not you this. Ishmael, he couldn't be happy at the party they was having him. Genesis 21. He'd be miserable in heaven. Because that's, you don't have a big party of that. Huh? See, there ain't going to be. No, God ain't going to come down to the end of this thing and say, oh, well, you know, come on, come on, Gabriel. I guess I'll just give in. Let's open the gates and let some of them other folks in. Heaven's going to be cold those who reject the Lord Jesus, trample His blood under their feet, be despise for the Spirit of grace. Heaven's going to be cold. It's going to be cruel. In other words, it's going to shut them out. I'll tell you something. I want every sinner to go to heaven that wants to go and will receive the Lord Jesus and come God's exact way through His Son. But if they don't want to come that way, I don't want them in there. Do you? You want Jezebel to be in heaven? You want Ahab to be there? You try to steal your mansion. You want that outfit to be there? I mean, I want family to be there so when they strike up and start singing... Worthy as the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We'll all join in in harmony because we all know that He's our Redeemer and our Savior. We ain't going to stand over on the sideline and and laugh and say, well, looks like they could sing a song about Elvis Presley or something up here. Getting tired of all this religious music. <laughs> I'm one tell you all, thing. Isaac was having a good time at this party because it was something that dealt with a miraculous work of God in his life by faith. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy coming to the house of God where we can preach about Him and sing about Him and worship Him. I like it. Let me ask you a question in closing. Have you been born of God? Are you His child? Through faith, washed in His blood, filled with His Spirit? It's the only birth.